Red flags, retirement, a little bit of a confusion at the end, but the same result as Max Verstappen wins yet another Grand Prix. There is so much, though, to dissect from Australia, and we're going to go over all of it right here on the Overtake F1 podcast. We have team grades from Melbourne, and now Formula One is heading into a rather long break of a couple of weeks before they return at the end of the month at Azerbaijan. This is the Overtake F1 podcast. I'm Tony Dezuri. Glad you could be with us. If you have been listening to this podcast and haven't already done so, may I ask that you subscribe and leave us a five-star review. I know you hear it from a lot of podcasters. It really does help. The algorithms helps us grow and helps us get out to more people. So we do appreciate any support that you can give us. All right, so I am back from Houston, Texas, where I covered the Men's College Basketball National Championships, the Final Four, and the championship game. So I'm a little late getting this review out, but nevertheless, I was in Houston on Saturday night covering the two Final Four games, and my plan was to cover the games, do my post-game stuff, uh, cover the event, and then... At midnight, when the Australian Grand Prix was airing, I was going to watch that until the wee hours of the morning because I didn't really have anything to do on Sunday. But I got behind and I got caught up with some colleagues. And so I missed the start of the Grand Prix and I didn't get back to the hotel till pretty late. So I decided to ditch that. I didn't want to start it like online and try to play catch up. I just said, you know what? I'm going to get a good night's sleep and I'll wake up. I'll stay away from social media and I'll watch the Australian Grand Prix in the morning. And what I saw was intense. I mean, it was crazy. It looked like just an, a regular old race. It was going to be a Max Verstappen dominant race. And, you know, I was going to have a couple of different angles with Charles Leclerc's bad luck and a couple of other things that went on in the Grand Prix. But then in the final few laps, the sort of the whole narrative changes because now not only do we have questions about how the FIA ended that race, we have questions about what it's going to look like in the future at other Grand Prix with those circumstances come up, come up late in, late in the race. All right, so let's get started. So Sergio Perez can't get out of Q1 in qualifying on Saturday, so he's going to start at the back of the field. But the pole position is won by Max Verstappen. But in the top 10, you've got the Ferraris, the Mercedes, Aston Martin, you've got a Williams and Alex Albon, and th- there's a lot of different things that you can kind of point to and look at and figure that Max is going to win this thing going away, but there are some other battles. This could be interesting, and if there's some attrition, who could benefit etc. So the race gets started and Max Verstappen can't get off the line fast enough and George Russell takes advantage of it. Then he goes right to the inside in turn one and holds that position and is able to come out with the lead of the Grand Prix. That allows Fernando Alonso and Lewis Hamilton behind Verstappen to put pressure on Verstappen enough. Hamilton takes his turn as well, and they go side-by-side side with Verstappen, and he gets that second position. But right behind him on lap one is Charles Leclerc, and he goes right into the gravel. He tries to make a move coming in on Lance Stroll. He goes into the gravel, and all of a sudden the safety car is coming out on the first lap of the race. Now, for Leclerc, his race is over, and wow, I mean, I can't. you can't ask for worse luck. Here's a guy who finished P2 in the World Championship last year. He's got a DNF in Bahrain. He took a grid penalty in Saudi Arabia, finishing seventh. And now in Australia, where he dominated the race last year, he finds himself in the gravel on turn number one. So up ahead, you've got George Russell, Lewis Hamilton, and Max Verstappen. Now, I don't think anybody thought that this was... Mercedes now taking control of this race. Yeah, there are two cars. You can defend the car, etc. But Verstappen's straight line speed, Red Bull's straight line speed, was so dominant that over 58 laps, he was going to pick off both of those cars. I mean, I think most of us figured that out. 
But still, it was just a different thing to see this season, to have the two Mercedes cars ahead of Verstappen and keeping both of those cars ahead of him through the first six, seven, eight laps of the Grand Prix. Now, Hamilton was really pushing Russell. I mean, Russell radioed back saying, look, I'm being attacked by my teammate here. So what what do I do? You want me to push or not? Because I'm being attacked from Hamilton from behind. But then on lap eight, things change. And that's Alex Albon, who was in the top 10 of this Grand Prix, started eighth, spun out. Now, he admitted afterwards he overcooked the tires a little bit, and he ended up sliding through the gravel, kicking up gravel onto the, uh, onto the circuit. So he had some gravel that kind of came out onto the circuit, and then his car bounced off one of the barriers and kind of found itself on the line. So he was kind of straddled between the gravel and being out on the racetrack. So that, brought, that brings out the safety car. And Mercedes calls in Russell. So at Australia, as we saw Albon, for example, last year, you can go a long way on those hard tires. It's a one-stop race. So if you start on the mediums, you try to get something out of the mediums, and then you can go to the hards, and you can ride the hards till the end. So you have to make one change of tires. You can't use the same tire throughout the Grand Prix. I mean, Albon had to eventually pit last year um, when he was uh, in at the Australian Grand Prix. But... That was the plan. The plan is to, if you can get on to those tires, those hard tires early, you'll have a tire that will last you all the way to the end of the Grand Prix. So Mercedes calls in Russell and they leave Hamilton out. But then the race is red flagged. Now, nobody can anticipate that they were actually going to red flag that thing for a spin out of Alex Albon. But he kicked up enough gravel, they decided to red flag it, and that meant that whatever advantage they were trying to give George Russell in this Grand Prix by maybe saying, look, come in, get on these hard tires, get back out, and then you're not coming back in if we go green the rest of the way. You're not coming back in, and this is this is where we can make it up. So Toto Wolf is to get on the radio. He has to apologize. You know, no, we couldn't see that. We, we had no idea that in the end we were going to have a red flag stoppage. But we do. And Hamilton is simply, to put it bluntly, a sitting duck up there on the front row. He's up ahead of the group, and Verstappen is right behind him. And there is just way too much power in the straight line speed of Red Bull. With four DRS zones, it was only a matter of time that Verstappen was going to go, see you later. And he did. And not only did he do that, he ended up dominating. And he pulled away and the second started ticking off the interval. So the only thing at this point, and you're watching the Grand Prix, is how much is Verstappen going to win this Grand Prix by? And if that's the only thing I cared about, then this race is going to end up just like every other race. Max Verstappen is going to win by a ton. But if I'm interested in the other battles, well, I got Fernando Alonso putting some pressure. I've got George Russell still out there. I've got Ferrari still out there with one car and Carlos Sainz. They're going to have to try to get the best finish they can with one of their drivers out. McLaren is sort of kicking around as well. So there's a lot of other things going on if you're just settling into another dominating Max Verstappen show. But hold on, because that's not what we ended up getting. So Sergio Perez was making his way through the field, and I loved how the commentators, um, Alex Jakes, was saying that Turn 9 should now be renamed for Sergio Perez on how many overtakes he did at Turn 9 at Albert Park. But Sergio Perez was making his way through the field. Remember, he started on the pit lane with Valtteri Bottas, so they were both starting the Grand Prix last. But there were a lot of overtakes and there were a lot of drivers that were moving up the field and there was some impressive showing. 
So we weren't getting just a Max Verstappen domination. We were also looking back and seeing Lewis Hamilton defending well against a hard-charging Fernando Alonso. We also saw Pierre Gasly. He was in the top four. Russell was climbing back up again. And then we saw uh, Nico Hulkenberg for Haas. He was in the top ten. He was riding in the seventh position. Norris and Piastri in the McLaren. Some of their best showings of the season so far, albeit a young season. So there are a lot of other things to kind of talk about. We had two retired at that point we had Alex Albon and we had Charles Leclerc and then we got another one because George Russell's car caught on fire and he was out of the Grand Prix so that was really too bad for Russell to go from starting up front to making a move that passes Verstappen for the race lead and then making a strategic error or at least the team I wouldn't really call it an error they did not know that Albon's spin was going to result in a red flag allowing all the other teams to change tires so they did make a bold strategy decision, but in the end it backfires. So he's in, you know, he's in the red flag situation, knowing, okay, wait a minute, I might have this. This might have a podium may have escaped me on this, and then his car catches on fire, and he's out of the Grand Prix altogether. So the race goes continues to go green, and Verstappen keeps extending his lead. He gets it up to about. 11, 12 seconds with about 10 laps remaining. And again, it's just another Max Verstappen show. Hamilton is doing a really good job behind him uh, with Fernando Alonso on his tail, getting within a second. Now, there's again, as I mentioned, there are four DRS zones at Albert Park. It's the first time that they've done that. And I do agree with the sentiment that it was just a little too much. If you're not a fan of DRS because you're old school, man, you really must have hated what happened on Sunday. If you don't mind DRS, but but you can understand where the critics are coming from. You probably also did not like this as much. Now, if you're a fan of DRS and thinks it improves racing, well, good for you because there was four of them and you really saw the power of the DRS in this Grand Prix. But there was only one other excitement before we get to the end that may it caused some people a little bit of excitement, and that was Verstappen going into the grass. Well, he had such a big lead that it really didn't matter. He was able to correct the car, get out of the grass. That was really it. I mean, he was going from like 11 seconds down to about seven seconds after kind of coming out, coming into the corner a little too hot and ending up in the grass. But that was about it for excitement until we got to the final few laps of the Grand Prix. And this is where the controversy started coming in. So 58 laps make the Australian Grand Prix, and on lap 53, Kevin Magnussen clips a wall out of turn number two, and his tire is shattered. Sparks going everywhere, debris all over the place, and at this point, the FIA decides to red flag this race. Max Verstappen way ahead, and we're thinking, eh, all right, maybe there's something to this. When we go back to green flag racing, you know, Verstappen, who had trouble at the start of the race, losing a lead to George Russell, maybe this is a chance for Lewis Hamilton. But it was also a risk for Hamilton, because he had P2, and he did a great job holding off Fernando Alonso and in restarts you never know what happens so he probably was like well I'd like to go for the race win but at this point a second place finish would be great so if we can just go under the safety car until the end of this thing I'll be safe but I also like to gamble a little bit so maybe I'll take my chances on the opening uh, you know the restart of the race so they reflag they red flag everybody goes in the pits and at this point you can change tires and a lot of teams change cha- everyone's changing to the soft tires because we're only going to be running for a couple of laps at full speed and everything's going to be great right Well, wrong, because when the cars line up, it's Verstappen, Hamilton, Alonso, Sainz is in fourth. You got Pierre Gasly in fifth. 
They all line up on the grid and the lights go out and off they go. And it's a two lap sprint to the finish. And Verstappen gets away. Okay. He gets away. Fine. Hamilton is in back of him. So that's all right. So it looks like Verstappen is just going to win this thing, but Hamilton's going to have his hands full with Alonzo behind him. But then all of a sudden chaos just starts blowing up behind them. Carlos Sainz is in the first corner. He hits Alonzo. Alonzo spins or gets out of the order. He's dropping back. Pierre Gasly goes wide. He cuts back in on the second corner. He hits Esteban Ocon. The two Alpines are now on the side of the racetrack by the wall. Both cars are destroyed. Logan Sargent's hitting Nick DeVries. Sargent goes into the gravel. DeVries goes into the gravel. You've got a mess. Lance Stroll is locking up. He drops into the back of the field. I mean, we, we hadn't been restarted for 15 seconds before things started going really squirrely. So they red flag this thing again. So they now here comes the confusion. So there's one lap remaining. And so they go back to the original order from the grid minus the cars that are out because they're not going to be able to come back out to complete the lap of racing. Fernando Alonso is kind of upset that they restarted this thing with a red flag anyway, right? And some of the other drivers were a little confused as to why did we need a red flag stop? Was there that much debris that we couldn't get this thing done under a safety car? So the big question at that moment when all the cars are sort of being sorted out and they're getting rid of the Alpines, and they're getting rid of all the other cars that are DNFing now, they're not going to be able to finish the Grand Prix, is what order are they going to use to restart this? So, for example, Fernando Alonso had dropped back. Well, was he going to be still allowed to get his place back? I mean, Alonso had dropped back to 11th. Carlos Sainz was up to 3rd. That would have been a podium finish for Ferrari on a pretty bad day. Nico Hulkenberg in the Haas was 4th. Yuki Tsunoda was 5th. Right, So you had, all of a sudden, you had this unique order that comes from this chaos in turn one going into turn two. So the FIA has to ponder this because we've got one more lap of racing to do, which they're all going to take under the safety car, but what order are they going to be in? And the FIA says, race control comes out and says, based on Article 57.3, this would, and this is what it states, In all cases, the order will be taken at the last point at which it was possible to determine the position of all the cars. Now, the controversy comes from the last part of that. What was the last point of all the cars? Some drivers like Nico Hulkenberg felt like they had the fourth position based on those circumstances. Carlos Sainz thought he was going to get a podium, right? Fernando Alonso, he's yelling back at the team, Go clear this up. Go do this. Just like they did at Silverstone. Go do this. We want the original running order back. I was in third. I'm now in 11th. I'm not going to get any points. So now you're in this in this predicament where it, we're waiting and waiting and waiting to see what the order is going to be. They're going to finish this race under the safety car. They're all going to get back out to complete that last lap. But they need to know where is everybody. And they decide that they're going to go back to the grid that happened that before the chaotic incident, they're going to go back to that order. So Alonzo gets his P3 back. You've got 
Um, Nico Hulkenberg has to drop back. Carlos Sainz has to drop back. So all of a sudden you're going back to the original running order. Okay, but that's not it. That's not it. So because Carlos Sainz bumps Fernando Alonso, he's going to get a five-second penalty. Now, in some Grand Prix, when you get a five-second penalty and you have other and you have more laps to sort of go out there and finish this race, you might be in a position when you're told you're getting a five-second penalty, you might be five seconds ahead of the guy behind you. Or you might be three seconds ahead of the guy behind you, but you're 10 seconds ahead of the guy who's behind the guy that's behind you. So meaning you might lose one spot. Sometimes you're bunched up together and you might lose two spots or three spots, depending on how it finishes. But Carlos Sainz knows what the deal is. He's going to get a five-second penalty at the conclusion of a safety car lap at the end of the race, which means of the running cars that are left on the grid, he's going to finish last on them outside the points. Now, that was really, really harsh. And I'm not saying that as a Ferrari guy. That was really harsh. Even Fernando Alonso said that that was really harsh. Because, again, it's we're not talking about on a regular Grand Prix finish where we've got cars under green, where they're all spaced out, where you might be falling back into a gap that's a couple of places based on the five seconds. He's basically finishing behind a bunch of cars that are all getting behind the line within a five-second period. So that was really hard to take for Ferrari because they went from a guy that could have finished fourth in this Grand Prix to a guy that was now going to be finishing last among the lead cars and 12th outside of the points. So the cars cross the line. Verstappen wins the Grand Prix. Lewis Hamilton comes in second. Fernando Alonso third. All right, so there's a couple of questions that come up after this Grand Prix that we're going to try to dissect here. One, did the race need to be red flagged when Kevin Magnussen lost the tire? Now, the race director said safety is the primary concern on red flag stoppages. So when you have officials and competitors and they're in danger by cars on the track, you know, right, you're going to throw a red flag. You don't want cars passing, even, even if it, even at slow speed, it's still high speed if you're out there cleaning up debris. So they felt like one with the gravel from Alex Albon earlier in the Grand Prix, they already set kind of a precedent that we are going to stop this thing. If we have to go out there and do some extensive repair, if you will, or getting the track back to racing conditions. So when you have sparks flying and debris all over the place and Hamilton even said there's debris everywhere, um, they're going to red flag. Now there was some belief that, the red flag wasn't meant for safety. It was meant to put on a show. It was meant to give the fans a racing finish because at the time with just a couple of laps needed to complete the Grand Prix, it didn't look like they were going to get that in time for the race to go back to green. And so there were a number of drivers who felt like the, FIA was putting on a show like we saw what happened in Monza. We're not going to do that again. We're going to try to get these races under green, even if it means if we stop it. But the problem was, and this is what every driver said, we go back into the pit lane. We're all changing tires to softs. We don't have a chance to get the tires warmed up. We're going back out there and we can't get grip into the first corner. That's what most of them said afterwards, right? The tires are just not warm enough and they're not up to temperature to withstand the restart and next thing you know, you've got all of this chaos. 
Now, one other question is, should Formula One be looking into some sort of format that allows races to be concluded under green, even if there's an overtime situation like we see in NASCAR? My answer to that is no. And I know this is going to be something that many of you are not going to agree with, but I don't like that idea whatsoever. I don't mind it in NASCAR when they're adding fuel on every pit stop, right? You want to run seven overtime laps? I don't care. NASCAR is a different sort of form of racing in terms of what the cars can and cannot do when they are in pit lane. I think the calculations of the engineers on these teams is so precise to then anticipate the possibility that more fuel is going to be needed to conclude a race under green that you can't anticipate, I think just makes a mess of this. Because those that fuel load is really calculated. They need to make sure there's a leader left, but it is calculated to as precise as you can to get the maximum performance out of these cars. I don't want to see the Australian Grand Prix go to 65 laps because we had to find a way to get it in under green. I, I know that there's ways to do it. I've, I've read everything about this over the last number of years, but the reality of it is, is that I don't think this is a good idea at all. It stinks. I know it stinks. I, I would love for every Grand to end under green. It's kind of what you pay the money for it. It's big money. But unless you have an other viable solution to this, the only other way you could do it is what they did in this Grand Prix, which is say flat out, it has nothing to do with safety, which they did not do. They said it was for safety. But we are always going to be finishing under green. So if we red flag it, we red flag it. So normally under yellow, normally we would ride around, but because it's within five laps, we're going to start this thing all over again and get you back on the grid for the final five laps, three laps, two laps of the race under green. I don't know if that's the answer either. The other question, and this is the biggest one I think is, was that final order, was that correct? Right? Was that correct? Now, you've got Haas who made an appeal on this because Nico Hulkenberg got himself up to fourth. You got Fernando Alonso, as I mentioned earlier, screaming that he wants to make sure we go back to the original order because he had dropped out of the points based on that chaos. But there is a rule in place, and I think this rule was followed rightly, right? That at the last point of which it was possible to determine the position of all the cars, I think was prior to the, to the, the chaos. I think it was prior to the chaos. As a number of, of journalists have pointed out, you can't really use the GPS positioning. And I think this made it easier and simpler. And the cars that didn't make it, like the two Alpines, you're out. You, you, you're out. We have to run one more lap around the track to make that order official. And because you're not in that order, you're out. But I think that was the fairest way to do it. Do I think Carlos Sainz's penalty was unfair? Yeah, it was. I mean, five seconds when you're all under yellow is devastating because it does put you on the back end of the pack. And in this case, 11th, but doesn't matter outside the points. So, yeah. But overall, I'm going to end with this before we get to our team grades. I think that the spirit behind these decisions by the FIA were solid, but I think the execution was poor. Do I agree that the, the the race should have been red flagged given the debris on the racetrack? Yeah, I do. I, I honestly do. I think when you have guys out there trying to work to clear up tire pieces and every other piece of debris that is on that track from a blown tire, yeah, you're going to have to halt the race. You can't have guys out there cleaning up the track when the cars are going by, even at the slower speeds behind the safety car. It's just too dangerous. So, no, I, I agree. I agree that the red, race should have been red flagged. Whether or not it was for entertainment purposes or not, 
I don't think it was for entertainment purposes. I really do think it was for safety. And the second thing, I honestly believe that the running order was right. I believe that you go back to the last point where you can determine the order and it was prior to the melee and it was prior to the complete and utter mess that happened in turns one and two. So I think they got that right. I think they got the red flag right, but I don't think they executed it properly. There were too many confused teams, too many confused drivers as to what exactly was going on, and that is on them. There really does, I think, needs to be a meeting with the team principals to really go over what are we going to do in the final few laps of a race where these circumstances occur. We saw it in Monza. We saw it here where the ending of the race let everybody get on the same page so nobody's wondering what we're going to do at the end of the Grand Prix. Instead of drivers and teams telling the media and pit reporters and whatnot that they have zero idea what's going to happen why can't everybody be on the same page right nascar it doesn't seem to have this problem indycar i don't think has this problem right everybody seems to know what the rules are but he seems to be in communication with exactly is going to happen under certain situations why is it the formula one the highest level of motorsports that we have why can't they get this right so everybody's on the same page i have zero idea zero idea but I do think those decisions were right. I wish they were executing it just a little better. All right, now it's time to give letter grades, and we'll go real quick because I know I went a little bit long on the analysis of the end of the Australian Grand Prix. We're going to start with Red Bull. They get an A-, minus, not an A, but an A-, minus, and it's only because Checo started on the pit lane after going to the gravel and qualifying. He was still able to carve himself out a nice fifth-place finish, and if I'm being a little picky, Verstappen didn't get off the line all that great at the start of the race and found himself behind the two Mercedes, but again, you kind of knew he was going to take the lead at some point he was going to blow past mercedes and win this thing going away and if we didn't have the red stoppage you would have won this thing by 11 seconds even with the spin out in the grass i tend to grade red bull a little harsher because they're the champions and they're dominating these grand prix but it was not a perfect weekend it was a great result but it was not a perfect weekend uh mercedes i'm giving them a b uh, Russell had the DNF when the car caught on fire. That's something you don't see Mercedes cars do. But you had Hamilton holding off Alonso for most of the race, finishing P2, and that's a big win for Hamilton. Remember, he has not won a Grand Prix since Qatar of 2021. And he wasn't going to win Sunday, but nevertheless, it was a great job of holding off a car that everybody's got their eye on right now in Aston Martin. And the other reason I gave the team a B is how they both took advantage of Verstappen's poor start at the beginning of the race, um, and they both passed him. And so they both were able to pick up positions on Verstappen. Now, we again, as I mentioned earlier, it was only going to be a matter of time before Max got those positions back. But again, to see two Mercedes ahead of a Red Bull at the start of a Grand Prix and having that be the case for six, seven laps or so, yeah, that was pretty good. If you're Mercedes fans, it's good to see. Take a picture of it. You're probably not going to see it again this season, but take a picture. Aston Martin, I gave a B plus. Uh, another podium finish for Fernando Alonso and a P4 for Lance Stroll. Another great points haul for the team. They both benefited tremendously from the decision by race control to revert back to the order of the final restart. But otherwise, both would have been out of the points if we had gone the other way. So it was a great result, but it was a result that was where they benefited from the major decision um, at the end of the race. Alonzo was hit by Carlos Sainz. Stroll found himself in the gravel when the chaos ensued. So what could have been nothing turned out to be a 27-point haul for the team. And then Alonzo did say afterwards that he gave everything to Hamilton, but he couldn't pass him. So he really credited Hamilton for the proper defense and the quickness of his car, and they didn't make any mistakes. So very nice praise from one champion to another. 
McLaren gave him a B plus. Um, and now it took to round three, but both Lando Norris and Oscar Piastri scored in the points. And yeah, of course they benefited from retirements. There's no question about that. Only 11 cars on the, that finished the Grand Prix. So they both benefited because pretty much if you finish the Grand Prix, you pretty much got in the points. But Piastri got his first F1 points on a track he grew up 10 minutes from. So that, like, no matter what happens to his career, he has got that on his resume, that his first points come in Melbourne. How fantastic is that? It's, it's a great story. Norris was sixth. Both drivers loved the race pace of the car for Sunday. They stayed out of trouble, which is kind of the main reason they got in the points to begin with. Um, and But they had to make some on-track maneuvers throughout the Grand Prix, so I'm going to give them a B plus. It's a solid day. Despite the benefit that they did get, but both drivers did really well. Haas, C+. Plus. Nico Hulkenberg gets into the points, and this was not a benefit from the chaos thing. I mean, he was in the points for most of the day. He finished seventh. Magnuson was the car, though, as I mentioned, that started that whole mess to begin with. He was trying to get an aging tire to last till the end, the next couple of laps. Then he hit the wall, and it ripped right off when he hit turn two. Then the red flag came out. Hulkenberg did find himself fourth when the mess and the chaos was being sorted out, but then race control went back to that first order. He ended up seventh. Haas did appeal that decision, uh, but it didn't work. But they get a C-plus. Magnuson hurt the grade. Alfa Romeo, another C+. Valtteri Bottas started from the pit lane with Sergio Perez, ended up finishing 11th. Uh, Zhou Guan Yu ended up P9. I probably should give them more of a grade, but Bottas changed his tires after one lap so that he could get on the hard compounds. He was finishing, you know, starting last anyway. So what you want to do is you want to get on the hard tires as quick as possible. Maybe you take a strategic advantage if the race is going to go green for a while. Um, but then the red flag came out because of Albon, and that kind of negated that decision. So then he goes on softs, and then another safety car comes out, and it doesn't benefit him at all. So he's like 0 for 2 on trying to out-strategize to get up near the points. What he should have done is just wait for the chaos to ensue and find himself in like ninth, but that didn't happen. So he finished 11th, didn't get a point, and Joe Guan Yu ended up P9. He picked up two points for the team. A C-plus day um, because strategy didn't work, and you know what? Neither really did anything in the Grand Prix that was worth noting. AlphaTari, how about a D for them? Nick DeVries getting tagged by Logan Sargent, and that ended up with a DNF. Not his fault, but too bad. Two laps from the finish, Yuki Sonoda grabbed the last points position with a P10. Good for him. He gets a point. DeVries struggled all day, not happy. Struggled with the car thanks to some early contact, had some front wing damage. Sonoda was happy with the point, but he said he didn't even expect it because the car wasn't really that good. Uh, but they get a D. Ferrari, F. Is there anything lower than an F in the American grading system? Is there is there a Q? Is there a W? I could give it. Awful. What a disastrous day. Leclerc goes out on lap one through no fault but his own. Just tries to make a move and he just miscalculates it and he ends up in the gravel battling Alonzo and Stroll. Second DNF of the season disappointing isn't even the right word for this. I mean, I don't even have a word for this for what Charles Leclerc has done so far, the 2023 seasons after three rounds signs. He ends up 12th. He was given a five second penalty. As I mentioned earlier for tapping the back of Alonzo during the restart at the end, dropped him from fourth to 12th out of the points. If there was a reset button for this season, Fred Vassar is pushing it. I mean, goodness gracious, this is not going well at all for Ferrari. Alpine, D, 
Both cars were fighting all day towards the front of the field. So I didn't give them an F for that collision that took them both out. They were really humming at the beginning of this Grand Pierre Gasly was in fourth for a good portion of this race. I mean, he had the car up there, but he went wide, came back in off that restart into that corner, hit Esteban Ocon, and that was it. Both cars out of the Grand Prix. It has been well documented, as many of you know, that these two guys don't like each other. They're cordial. They're not friends. But Ocon said they talked and all is good. They both do understand that them getting along is going to be a big, big issue with the team. They've got to find a way to at least be cordial. They're going to be buddies. They're not going to fish together. They're not going to go boating together, but they can't be, they can't have any infighting. If they want this to work, they can't be any infighting. They've got to find a way to get along. Uh, Williams gets an F. Alex Albon spins out early, completely his fault, overcooked the tires. He was up there in the top 10, but he lost grip and said he wasn't tagged or anything, just lost grip, went into the gravel, spit some gravel out on the track. That brought out the red flag. That's a DNF for him. And then Logan Sargent ends up in the gravel off the red flag restart at the end, and he doesn't finish the Grand Prix either. So Williams, a promising day, and it was destroyed with two DNFs. So there you have it. Those are the letter grades for all of the teams from the Australian Grand Prix. We're going to take our break as Formula One takes our break. We may have a podcast with some news and notes of anything Things should pop and break. And then at the end of the month, our Azerbaijan Grand Prix preview and review when we go to Baku. All right, I'm Tony Desiri. Once again, please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already done so. Leave us a five-star review if you like it. Don't leave a five-star review if you hate it. I, I, I can I can handle it. But also, if you want to reach me on Twitter, you can at Tony D Radio. That's at Tony D Radio. My email, if you want to contact the show that way, Tony D Radio Show at Yahoo.com. Tony D Radio Show at Yahoo.com. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the Overtake F1 podcast. We will see you when we go to Azerbaijan in a couple of weeks at the end of April.